Hey, it's the Body Bishops. Hey, hey, man, man. you all right? Hey, how are you? Not so bad. The other day, we were up in Sunderland watching the Stoke-Sunderland game. Yeah. Victoria and I, Victoria's obviously, she's a Macam, she's from Sunderland. Mm-hmm. So I got tickets to go to the Stadium of Light, and we're in the home side, we're in, watching Sunderland play. And, like, you know, I'm cheering on Sunderland, I'm, but they're playing Stoke, and I'm used to watching Bet365. That's right, yeah. You know? yeah. So, like, now and then, as Tyrese Campbell comes down the wing, I'm like, go on, Campbell! And, like, the Mackams are looking right at me like, what's he doing? You know, and I'm like, all right, go on, Clark here. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> and I like rooting for Stoke now and then, but I'm rooting for Sunderland too. And with Sunderland score, I'm like, yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> naturally, yeah. good room, these two, these two things, which neatly segues us to, uh, two wisdoms and two wars today. It does. It's nice. Because, um, you know, part of me wanted Stoke to win, part of me wanted Sunderland to win. Mm. And there's, there's a part there's genuine warring taking place in you. There's that war, you know. Yeah. Where I'll be looking at today in yeah. James chapter three and four. Not quite as intense as the war that the Bible describes here for us, but a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> I got this little quote from C.S. Lewis. He says the New Testament does not envisage solitary religion. Mm. Very good. That is that's very good. I love that. It speaks right into all of it. It does that but Solitary religion is 21st century Christianity. Yeah. It's sad, but yeah. it is. Yeah. It's a symptom of the individualistic West mm-hmm. and we need to repent off. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Not all of Western culture is evil, but mm-hmm. where it is bad, we need to like line up with scripture rather yeah. than culture. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're looking at two wisdoms and two wars today. Verse, uh, chapter three, verse 13 to 18 is two wisdoms. And then chapter four is the two wars. Um, so we'll start with the two wisdoms and the the question really is then like, what does a truly wise person look like? Um, and you think like wise is like someone who knows a lot of stuff, someone who's very intellectual, scholarly, smart, mm-hmm. but actually the Bible talks about wisdom in a completely different way. And wisdom is, is the idea of moral to be morally wise. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So this passage presents two wisdoms, the wisdom that comes from above and a wisdom that comes from below. And James tells his readers that the way to demonstrate you have true wisdom, the wisdom from above, believe it or not, is through how we live in relationship with one another. That's it. And that, and that's that's the measuring stick, isn't it? That's that's it doesn't look in any other way that society might might tell us that it looks, but that's strip it all the way and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So James says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Um, let them show it. Let me just get Who is wise? Uh Oh man, I'm losing it again. There we go. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Mm. And as we go on to see, we're going to see it's all about relationships. Yeah, every bit of it from verse 17 on. Yeah. So the wisdom from above is verse 13 and verse 17. What does that look like, Matt? Well, it mentions the word meek. Um, meek uses strength for good. Uh, it mentions the word pure. And uh, that means free of corruption, clear of sight. The word peaceable, fleeing conflict, gentle, that's being lovingly cautious. There's the, the concept of yielding, willing to not have it your way. Mm. Uh, merciful, withholding retaliation, fruitful, uh, and that's productivity. 
and no favoritism in treat, treating everyone with love, whether they deserve it or not. Yeah. And then he sums it up by saying sincere. Yeah. And uh, that's being, that's genuine zeal and concern. Isn't it? Yeah. Beautiful. So this is what God wants to produce in, in us. Like chapter one, verse five, if we didn't have this wisdom, ask God. He generously yeah. gives it to us. And then he wants to produce that wisdom in us. And then we see that this kind of wisdom as believers live out this wisdom in relationship with one another verse 18 tells us it leads to peace leads to peace yeah you know, like, yeah like then that's a church that's led by this wisdom mm. is a church how do we know that the believers in that church are people of wisdom because that church is a church of peace mm. you know the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace yeah 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 so that's the wisdom from above sadly however james is writing to believers and he writes to them about the wisdom that comes from below because he knows that sometimes mm. we are not wise in the wisdom from above. Mm. So what does the wisdom from below look like then? Well, it mentions several words here. There's the word bitter. Uh, and that, that's the aftertaste of conflict, I think, isn't it? Mm. Um, there's the word envious, uh, entitled, selfish, only concerned with your own interest, yeah. being boastful. It's, it's being proud, isn't it? Yeah. And this this, it's... You know, that's verses four, 14 to 16. So it's, it's saying, here's an extensive list of this, but you strip it all away. We're saying someone who is bitter, envious, selfish, and boastful. Yeah. And that wisdom is not from above. The source is not God. The source, according to verse 15, is earthly, sensual, and even demonic. Mm. It's rooted in Satan. Mm. And it doesn't lead to peace, as verse 18 tells us. It leads instead to verse 16, confusion and every evil thing. Mm. So if you see a church that's like divided amongst themselves, whether it's theological issues or the color off the, the curtains, that church is a church that you're seeing the wisdom from below is really. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Which which wisdom is going to reign and rule. Yeah. 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 So the good news about the wisdom from above is that God is the source of it. And like we talked about, he wants to give it to us generously as we ask for it. So mm. if you can see in your life, you're like, man, I am actually... I'm being characterized more by bitterness and enviousness and selfishness and boastful than I am by these other things. Repent and ask God yeah. and come to God. And he yeah. will, he wants to give us these things. So, um, yeah. And if we do that, then, then I really do believe that that, that wisdom and God's goodness will start to flow out of us. Yeah. As yeah. we yield to him. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And, and as a result of that, then we'll start, there'll be peace in our relationships and one another. Um, so if, yeah, if you're looking at this passage as you're listening with us today in, in James 3 and you see that your life and relationships are more characterized by the wisdom from below rather than the wisdom from above, all you need to start doing is coming to God with humility and repentance, asking him to do this work in you so that his wisdom will start flowing out of you. Mm. That's that's that first chapter one, verse 21 says, with meekness, receiving the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Mm. So that's all, it's able to save. So it's like, you know, past salvation, but it's also able to save in the present. Like it's yeah. saving me from me, yeah, from these demonic, earthly, sensual mm. wisdoms that I live by. Yeah, we, we, were, we were looking in one Corinthians a few nights ago about um, about how God always provides a way of escape in the midst mm. of temptation. And I think temptation we often think about lust and um, things like that, but but I think the things that we've just listened listed here are included in that way yeah. as, as well. God will oh, yeah. provide a way to escape. Yeah, and he wants he wants us to, he wants to give us this wisdom. Yeah. So that that is the two wisdoms.
So immediately after James talks about the two wisdoms, he tells us about the two wars that are going on. Mm. The uh, relationships, wars that are happening in relationships, and then wars that are happening inside the human mm. heart. And that covers verses 1 to 10 of chapter 4. Yeah. Um, we're not going to read the whole thing, but we, we can summarize it well. Um, of course, there's an, there's an internal war, and then there's an external war. Yeah. And uh, I think we, we, we were going to start with the latter, weren't we? Yeah, <laughs> just making sure I have that correct order there. Um, yeah, and a lot of times when we think when we think of an an external war, in our context, we we would think of things probably a bit more uh, physical in nature. Yeah, um, but it's not exactly described, you know, that that way to us here, and it's not always that way. It doesn't always manifest itself in physical violence. Yeah, so it, it might just look like to a common person watching on that a, a husband and wife are arguing with one another or a, a brother and sister are blaming each other, a parent and child, neighbors, uh, a boss and an employee, a teacher and a student. It might just look like uh, like like tension and falling out, but James calls it a war. Mm, that, that, and that's staggering because we don't think of that in that type of language. Actually, he's, he talks about fighting and murdering one another yeah, yeah. in the passage, and you wouldn't think those things that you just said right there would be described as murder yeah but it's murder because it's it's the idea of like you know you're skillful at hurting this person mm-hmm. so that's why it's a battle like for, for two people to actually physically battle with one another it has to be like sword and shield skills or gun shield or mm-hmm. gun skills but the, you know they're using all their wisdom the mm-hmm. gms3 wisdom to fight this battle with one another so they're mm-hmm. using hurtful words loud voices, silent treatment, idly walking away, shifting the blame, manipulating each other. Mm. And James is saying that's murder, it's war, and it's fighting. Here's the staggering thing is is in every moment of conflict, you and I are going to use we're we're gonna weaponize one of two wisdoms. Mm-hmm. And here when 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 we see this that we're murdering each other. Yeah. They were weaponizing the wisdom from below, yeah, and not the wisdom from above. That's good, man. And and the sad thing is, these this is Christians. James is writing to, right? Yeah. So he says, "One another, you're doing this to one another." Mm. Um. So this is believers who are involved in this external war with one another, and the reason they have this external war with one another is because each of them has an internal war going on mm. inside themselves. Mm. So that's the this is the second war, then the internal war that's going on inside of you. Yeah, that is. It says in verse number one, it says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Right. That's the external war. Yeah. Right. So where are they coming from among you? And then the answer. Do they come from your desire, your desires to, for pleasure, that war in your members? Right. So there's a war going on Mm. internally. So there's this external war and there's this internal war. So the flesh, even of the believer, is still selfishly lusting, desiring, and coveting. Our, our flesh is still at war against what God wants to produce in us. Of course, because uh, we've mentioned this not long ago, our, our flesh wants to win an argument. Yeah. Our flesh loves one-upmanship. You know, yeah. Our, our flesh wants to win the battle. Our flesh wants to impose our dominance. Yeah. Yeah. And always will. The, Until the day yeah. it's fully mm-hmm. transformed by Christ. Um, so yeah, my flesh, Alan Campbell's flesh, it wants comfort. It wants control. It wants my own way. It wants recognition. It wants supremacy. It wants pleasure. Um, and when I let my flesh win, when when I want what it wants, when I submit to it more than I submit to God and love Him more, um, then I'm I'm not going to be loving God, which means I'm not going to be loving my brothers and sisters. 
I'm allowing the flesh to win the war within me. Mm. So then, of course, the flesh is going to win the war and mm. go to war with your yeah. brothers and sisters outside of me. Yeah. So that's it's good. And I, th- I think when you strip it all away and you look at it in really certain terms, um, this battle of the flesh and the spirit, which we're going to look more at the spirit here in a minute, this battle of the flesh and the spirit, the flesh is screaming for self-idolatry. Yeah. That's what that's what that's what this battle is. Adam. Like I don't want to submit to God. Yeah. I want to do my own thing. I want to follow my own path. I want to serve myself, not serve God. It's but a, the spirit is saying something different, isn't it? Yeah. So if if we don't deal with this internal war of the flesh, then our relationships will become battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. This is what James is saying. With two or more people um coming together to make demands of one another rather than what mm-hmm. God's actually calling us to, which is to serve one another, right? Um, so uh, as we explore James 4, what then is James telling us is the greatest threat to true gospel community? What do you think the greatest threat to gospel community is? The, the flesh. It's my flesh. <laughs> it's my flesh. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I, I am the greatest threat. <laughs> right? Now that's a sad reality. So the question then becomes, well, how do I redeem my relationships mm-hmm. and see them, just like we looked at in James 3, the end off? turned into peaceful, fruitful, loving ones. Yeah. So then we start looking at this path of peace. Yeah, so the question is, what is the path to peace, right? Yeah. If if there is this strain between the flesh and gospel community, the, the strain between the spirit and the flesh, Yeah. then what's what's the path to peace? I think it might be the gospel, Matt. And that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we start with verse 5, and it says, Do you think that the scripture says in the beginning, the spirit who dwells in us yearns, jealously wow and what we're seeing here in verse five is the spirit of god is working in us yeah the wonderful principle that uh we have to keep reminding ourselves of not just theologically not in church but on a personal level day by day is god is always more powerful greater than the flesh greater than satan greater than the unbelieving world the gospel is more powerful than all of that yeah and that's for six the most beautiful words but he gives more grace more more grace than Mm. my sinful flesh Mm. can can muster up Mm. in itself more sinful desires he gives more grace um and then we see that god wants to lift us up and exalt us as we humble ourselves so the gospel is the cure here the spirit of god is working in us the grace of god is more powerful than our sinful flesh and god wants to lift us up and exalt us so therefore what should we do then when when i'm seeing that my I'm living out the wisdom from below because the flesh is winning the war of desire and my relationships are fractured and frayed. Knowing that God's grace and God's spirit is working actively in me, what should I be doing then? Well, can I just say before we answer that, yeah. that in, in terms of this battle in the in the spirit and the flesh, the, the spirit is always winning. I think it's really important for us to to emphasize that. If 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 the Holy Spirit is the third person of the trinity if the holy spirit is god the holy spirit always wins Mm. so the question is am i yielding to that offer because he's already won right he's already winning and i need to take take hold of it and that's that's why he says in in verse number seven therefore submit to god yeah resist the devil and he will flee from you yeah so i'm going to trustingly submit myself and my desires to god Mm. I'm going to pour out my heart to God, which means pour out my my longings, my desires, my fears, and tell them, like, I mm-hmm. trust this all to you. You know, I, here's, here is a desire. I, 
it's a sinful desire and I and I submit it to you. Um, and then we resist the devil. So we don't resist the devil in our own strength. No, we, no, no, that's right. Yeah. We submit to God and yeah. resist the devil and he'll flee from us. Yeah. He's not fleeing from us because I'm strong. He's yeah. fleeing from me because I've come close to Jesus yeah. through submission. Yeah. You know? like, so he's fleeing from him, not from me. Right? Yeah. And it, it, how many times have we, we used this quote, but Christian life is less about cautiously avoiding sin as it is courageously doing God's will. Mm. And you see that principle played out when we get to verse number eight, the beginning of verse number eight, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just about going away from the devil. The way that we get away from the flesh, the way that we get away from the devil is by drawing near to God. Yeah. And he's promised he'll bring us in. Intimate, intimate proximity to Christ. Yeah. Leads to my flesh being defeated. That's so Yeah. So then I, I, I humbly repent of my sinful desires or even some good desires that have become sinfully controlling them. Mm. So yeah, yet onwards, you know, like cleanse your hands, cleanse your sinners, cleanse your hands, purify your hearts. You you double-minded, like you've been living this double thing. Yeah. Lament and mourn and weep over what? Over my sin, over my <laughs> desires, over my living about the wisdom below, over the fractured relationships because of my, because of me. Mm. Um, let your laughter be turned to mourning and joy to gloom. So repent, basically, like, be sorrowful over the mm. sinful condition mm. and and Christ will lift us up. And Brian, uh, that's that's so good. I was uh I was reading in Psalm thirty this morning. I put a little bit on the chat about it, but there's so much so much in that chapter that I think actually kind of applies to what we're looking at here. Um he, he, he's talking about um the the Lord so so he says in verse number four of Psalm thirty, sing praises to the Lord, O ye saints, and give thanks to his holy name. You would think it's like, okay, well he's on a high. But he actually says here for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor for a lifetime. Mm. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Mm. And um, and I think I think that's really really important. That and and we're kind of coming full circle in a lot of ways, aren't we? To what we were saying earlier. But if we find ourselves in a situation where we're not doing this right, yeah, where we're not submitting, we haven't submitted to God, but we've submitted to the flesh, yeah. There is joy that God wants to to offer. He does want to turn our lamenting into, uh, yeah, into laughter mm. and joy. He wants to turn it back to that. Yeah, turn yeah. it back. So, that's right. Yeah. So we we aren't going to take this flippantly and mm. you know laughing and cheering as we destroy relationships and feel to live out the Christian life. We are going to mourn and grieve, mm. but as we mourn and grieve, then we're lifted up back to that place of joy. Mm. Yeah, that's fine, Jesus Christ. Mm. So, yeah. So the answer is the gospel. The answer is running to Christ, um, submitting yourself to the to the Lord in, in a trusting way. Yeah, verse ten is the solution. Isn't humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Yeah, you can't lift yourself up out of submitting to the to the wrong wisdom. Yeah, and He and, will lift you up. Yeah, and He'll exalt you as well. Like in the, you know, trust Him with those desires. Mm. Trust Him with that stuff that you've been like fighting for and so mm. just trust him and his time and in his goodness and his plan so uh, what what we see here what james is trying to highlight massively to us in james 3 and in james 4 is that horizontal relationships with one another can only truly flourish when our vertical relationship with god is intimate mm. that's that's so good i can't i can't expect to enjoy my relationship with a fellow child of god if my relationship with my father is not right yeah yeah so if I see in me, once again, if I see in me wisdom from below, but I'm losing the war of the flesh, my relationships are fractured and frayed, it's an indication 
that I'm not mm. close to Christ. Yeah. I'm not in yeah. intimate fellowship with him. Mm. So the answer is that. The, in, the answer is to go mm. back into intimate fellowship with him. And then the result of that, at, according to James in chapter three, the end of, the result of that is peace. That's very good. In, in my That's helpful. Yeah. So run to Jesus. I am here. I'll that too. I want to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that good? Yes, we're in Mumchuff, man. Two wisdoms and two wars. Thanks for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast. If you wish to get a hold of us, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Hey, do you want to go get it okay? Awesome, great, let's go.